What's shifting everyone? I'm Chelsea and thank you so much for being here. If you liked today's episode, we, aka me and Riri, who's not here, but I'll explain why in a second, would be so grateful if you went ahead and rated this podcast five stars on whichever platform you're listening on. It helps other star seeds like yourself find our podcast and tune into their remembrance. So I have to admit um, it's a little weird, guys, recording today for two reasons. One, because Rima's not here. And then two, because you guys don't actually know this, by the time you're listening to this, 2023 will be in full swing. Our um, new year will have begun with the podcast. And I'm sure you've already heard previous episodes on, you know, what's going on with my life and Rima's life. And, you know, we took a little bit of a break, right? But what you guys don't know is that this is actually my first episode that I'm recording um, post-break. So we're going to be obviously launching this later on. So by the time, like I said, you're listening to this, um, other episodes will have already be uh, launched. But for me, this is my first time sitting down, getting back on the mic um, post-break. So a lot has changed with me and that's what I'm struggling with because like I just feel like I have so many emotions, so many feelings and like... I'm so different than who I was literally on the last episode, which I think, you know, you guys probably get so bored of me and Rima saying that, but like if anyone's, you know, listening to us who is a starseed, because, you know, not everyone who listens to us has the same views and, and what have you, but as a starseed, I feel like your growth is just exponential. Like you feel completely different. It's it's honestly as if I honestly feel like I go through like a spiritual awakening like every month. I mean, I think it's a little dramatic to, to say, but like to some degree, you just, you, you're shedding to just another level, babes, another level. <laughs> Did you guys miss me? Come on. Don't lie. Um, okay. Now with the accents, um, I do kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of what this episode is about, um, which plays a big role into why Rima's not here. We kind of both decided, um, a few days ago that, you know, I would do this podcast on my own and and that's why I'm here, obviously. So this is just going to be, this honestly, I feel like is something that I want to do on my own. I just something I've been, I was called to do. Um, but listen, I think a lot of like what I'm going to say in terms of my opinions and whatnot um, are going to come later after we basically do this unboxing. And what are we unboxing? You may be asking. Well, long story short um your girl was published in a book y'all and i'm like not like a magazine like a book and it's not just any book it's like of a woman who i am such a you know huge fan of who i admire who i've been you know following alongside her work for like a decade you know so it's just like a lot and i feel like just like to honor that in and of itself i want to be you know doing that episode on and you know side note like I've been speaking on it for quite some time um I knew that this book was coming out and I knew that I was going to be in it um I want to say for about six months now and yeah so I've just it's been this waiting game and y'all like when I said I need to sit down and do this podcast like I meant it this book has been so it came out December um 
6, I believe, in Canada. And it arrived to my doorstep like just a few days later. And when I tell you a month has passed, this book has been sitting there and everyone I know who has come over has known about it. And they're like, Chelsea, like, how are you breathing right now? Like, I would be ripping that thing apart. And I said, y'all, if anyone's got the willpower, it seems to be me. Um, but when I make a commitment, like when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So when I told you guys, you know, I'm going to make a full, authentic unboxing. It's going to be organic. I'm going to do it with y'all with me. Like, I meant it. And so if I say something, I'm a woman of my word, if you will. And I just think, like, I mean, any Scorpio out there is knowing of this but like words hold weight and I think if you don't have your word what do you have you feel me um I take that really seriously though clearly because I have not even like it is still in the packaging and it's sitting right by me I've also been like very cautious just because I'm not sure what emotions if any it is going to inflict um so if this is just the, the right moment I mean at this current time in space that i'm recording this mercury is actually in retrograde so y'all i took my sweet time <laughs> getting the recording kind of assembled and my space and things have been saged and the energy is good i feel good you know despite you know well currently not even just mercury but mars is retrograde there's a whole lot going on we have a full moon on the sixth and like for like again sorry like you guys are probably like the timelines but like right now it's January 4th so I'm in the middle of that retrograde while recording this and at the same time uh January 6th is actually the birthday of T which a lot of you are familiar with that's my angel my best friend who passed on about five years ago he transitioned so I just think it's a little wild too that January 6th I know I'm tangenting but it's a full moon and so even more like a reason why I wanted to get this episode done before that so that I could give him, you know, honor his day and the days that kind of follow that. Um, it just, my point is, y'all, it feels right and I'm going to do it. So, okay, let's get into the story because this is probably what most of y'all are waiting for. I mean, I'm sure you're also waiting for me to get into the mother effing book. Um, I've often gone back and forth on how I would present the story of you know the book and how it came about just because like the reality is y'all I could open up this book and what's in it that has anything to do with me could be like a sentence long it could be nothing in comparison to maybe what I was expecting like I I've, I've been trying to have no expectations because the truth of the matter is I have no idea what is even in this book and that is the freaky part and that's why I haven't just opened it because I don't know what to expect you guys your guess is as good as mine this is as much as I know and I will let you in on that and the unfortunate part is that it does um kind of come tied with another being so it's not just like hey Chelsea wrote something cool and it got published like it's, it's in reference to someone else being involved and I, that's just kind of cryptic, so just let me get into it, I guess. Um, I'm kind of beating around the bush. But basically, okay, about two years ago now, I want to say maybe a little over two years. Um, timeline's rough, but let's just say about two years ago. I was lying in bed. Okay, like, let me just set the scene for y'all. It's like midnight. Um, I'm having trouble sleeping. And I get this email. Now, this email was from Dosevia, and 
most of you are familiar because I speak about her often, but Dosevia is basically a world-renowned astrologer and she has been publishing free astrology all over Instagram um, for many, many years, but she also has, you know, a website, Scorpio Mystique, and I found her years ago. Like, when you guys heard my first episode with Rima and how I talked about how astrology is like my kryptonite, like, that is truly, she was the catalyst for that. Like, I found Scorpio Mystique and my life changed forever. I felt like whoa, I feel so understood in this moment. And then come to find out, she explains how Scorpios are actually the one zodiac sign that feel constantly misunderstood by the world. So there was just this fire that was lit up in in me thanks to her. And I've just been following her for years. I think I've just like through a screen developed this like trust um, to her expertise and knowledge. And um, I really like also just really align with her philosophy. Like she's not out here to like have this astrological approach of like fear mongering she's very like level-headed grounded and she's really just more progressive like she I feel like her approach to astrology is really to like help you which sounds kind of maybe funny (laughs) to some degree because like isn't that the point of astrology but not always like I mean even with TikTok nowadays guys like I'm sure you've seen so many different approaches to like astrology and I feel like hers just has always resonated with me um and i've been a longtime supporter like i've i've you know purchased her monthly readings which are a subscription service and i mean this is no different to be now part of her book like i'm of course going to purchase that and like um support her and everything she does and you know when she does go on tour um i'll be there so um me and her have actually been in communication um over the last couple couple years which is launching the podcast um i've been able to like instagram dm her back and forth and we've had some conversations which have just been so sweet and long story short you know i feel like at starseeds we talk about this often how you have a soul family and not always are they in the you know geographical area that you reside in like sometimes they're scattered all over the world and myself through traveling i've definitely met them um just in different spots and places and so i feel like with her it's no different i feel like this soul connection to her so she's definitely more of like a teacher to me and one of the many teachers that i subscribe to and am really grateful for on this planet earth so essentially okay so i get this email from her um this email is basically her kind of just kind of letting the world know to a sense that like she is now publishing a book like she hadn't let anyone know that she's publishing a book she had i guess been doing it just low-key um and she was on the final stages of publishing it but she wanted to you know add like a real example to her book so what is her book about her book is essentially about zodiac compatibility um so that is pretty much all I know like zodiac compatibility in terms of like you know Scorpio and Aquarius or like Aquarius and Libra or like Taurus and Virgo like how do these things coincide how do you even learn about compatibility and I actually am just excited for that book in general because this is an area of astrology that I don't feel very equipped to um, speak on I've been asked this constantly in my life and the way that I've viewed compatibility with you know astrology my whole life is that it's so subjective like anyone who's who's you know into astrology like you know your birth chart and for anyone who's not familiar with a birth chart essentially like everyone knows their sun sign which your sun sign is if you know that you have is like you're an aquarius like that's your sun sign so everyone has a sun sign but you have so many other astrological signs in your chart like i am a scorpio sun but my moon is in cancer 
And then my rising is Scorpio. So a lot of water in my chart and a lot of Scorpio, but I actually have four placements in Sagittarius. So I have a lot of like Sagittarius as well, which tends to be the reason I've learned and um, been taught over time of why people tend to get confused by me sometimes because, you know, I have this very like, you know, um, secretive, mysterious, um, like alluring type of vibration when you first meet me. But then when you get to, when you get to know me, like my Sag placements just like spike. And a lot of you have actually met a lot of my Sag placements through the podcast because that's where I typically tend to uh, thrive. And so a lot of my like Mercury and a lot of my um, extroverted side tend to come out through my Sag placements. And a lot of my spontaneity comes through Sag, which doesn't happen often because I definitely have more prominent Scorpio placements. So I like to like plan and be organized and think things through. Um, but every once in a while when the moon and the solar system is all aligned and it feels right, your girl makes a last minute decision, but they are rare. Now I digress. Um, so essentially the email was stating that, you know, she wanted some real life examples to kind of place in the book about compatibility. Lucky for her, um, this was a vulnerable time for me. Um, so again, setting the scene, like I had just gotten out of something like very, very fresh at the time with somebody. I don't know what I want to call it at this point in my life. Like hindsight's twenty twenty. It really wasn't what I thought it was. Um, but we'll get into that possibly later, depending on how I feel and depending on what's in the book. Um, my opinions and what I, you know, choose to share, I think will change again, depending on what I read and what we read, I guess. Um, but essentially like I submitted me in terms of my chart. And then I remember from what I remember, I submitted his chart and then I submitted like an explanation or a blurb or like a story. I don't know. This is where it is such a mystery. Cause I don't remember it guys. The me submitting this was such a like, like cathartic thing. I was really just like, you know what? Like, let me just type this out. And like, you know, like I journal all the time. This was like kind of what I viewed it as, uh, in no way, shape or form did I think that, uh, it would ever see the light of day. So fast forward now, like, you know, years later, I, the, the book is ready. She's getting ready to publish it. And I get a personal email basically being like hey like hey girl like congratulations like you made it in the book like we chose your story um like a real world example yada yada and I'm like huh <laughs> you said what so that was interesting um little nerve-wracking again because like I had forgotten that I even had done this and in that moment like this was just not anything that I could like recall so this is again so for, for anyone you know learning about this for the first time this is where all the hype comes from because I don't know what I'm opening neither does anyone else unless you've already gotten the book and opened it I know some of the listeners have um and you've been so good to not spoil anything so thank you although I have not been checking any of the requests in the dms on purpose but yeah we I guess now we're going to get into it so without further ado let's go ahead and open this baby Okay, you guys, I have it in my hands, okay, without showing you all too much of the other side. I think it's a little crazy that the um, number on the box is 11. So I guess at the post office, they like sort things 
through a numerical system. And so this package just happened to be package number 11. Um, but yeah, here we go. I'm just going to adjust my mic. All right. Again, like, I just want to preface that we don't even like know if this is just like, I don't even know what to expect. You guys are, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. You guys are opening this with me for the first time. Okay, here's my little return slip in case I need that. Oh my god, I'm even smelling it for the first time. All the tingles. Wow. You guys, this book is huge. This book is thick. She is thick. Girl. Signs and Skymates, the ultimate guide to astrological compatibility. Josevia Chanu. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, girl. Wow. You're just going to have to pick up this book for yourself and read through it. So let's read the back. It says, Romance, Family, Friends, Self-Love. Your ultimate guide to astrological compatibility for every relationship. Get to know yourself, your partner, and your friendships through the full constellation of your astrological self. Star astrologer and founder of Know the Zodiac, Dosevia Trenu, uses her signature whole chart approach to reveal how your sun, moon, rising, Mercury, Venus, and Mars signs contribute to astrological compatibility and serve as the basis for romantic and platonic relationships, including your all-important relationship with yourself. Dive deep into the role of each placement in your chart, then explore both the theory of astrological compatibility and detailed profiles of all 78 sign combinations as you expand your knowledge of the zodiac okay so this makes sense as to why it's so thick and why this oh my god this must have taken her forever to build because i was wondering okay so like every single sign is going to be in this book and if, if we're talking about every sign's compatibility uh yeah girl okay i'm so i'm getting so excited now like this is wild i can't believe i'm holding it in my hands and whether or not guys this is anything to really like be that <laughs> excited about like maybe i'm just a sentence i still like i said don't know um either way this is still so freaking cool and i think just like i don't know man earth is wild and it's shit like this that just makes you kind of just sit and go what is going on <laughs> okay we're opening it i am touching um the paper i'm feeling all the feels okay signs and skymates is dedicated to the divine ancestors who came before us and lived through us the cosmic patterns that have guided and counseled humanity my parents who birthed me oh my children who bless me and the millions of skymates around the world who see love and support me thank you universe that is so beautiful okay so we're looking at the contents here and i'm going to try and scroll down oh my gosh she's got everything in here um so the chapter one is so you want to know your soulmate Oh my god, I am so excited to dive into this like side sidebar like on my own time. Okay, chapter 10 is you are your own skymate. Putting it all together. Okay, chapter 14 is Scorpio and Skymates. It's page 627. Okay, you know what? Maybe it's okay. What I should do, I think, instead is I'll take a quick pause. I will be right back once I find the page so that we don't sit here. But hold tight, I'll be right back. Okay, guys, so I found the page. Um, I am not in the section of Scorpio. 
um, which I thought I was originally going to be in, as you heard me just mention. Um, I'm actually on the chapter of Libra. And that's because the opposing party whom I submitted this into with the book um, was a Libra. So he was a Libra son. I was a Scorpio son. Okay, so if you guys have the book and you want to follow along, um, it's on page 612. And so right before that page is basically she breaks down the Scorpio and Libra um, compatibility, the placements. Um, and like as you would expect like a ton of compatibility just between like friendships but also romantic relationships and kind of the dynamic there which i think is cool and i'm trying to see like if any of this that i'm reading off top can resonate with me because i do want to point out like the positives that maybe did come from being associated with with a libra or having an experience with one okay the first thing i'm reading here is that these skymates can resolve their oh this is like friendship stuff which, I mean, I do have a beautiful Libra feminine friend who does bring me out of my shell a lot. So that's good. And I'm grateful for that. Um, okay, the potential challenge in a sexual relationship between Libra and Scorpio are the moments when their intentions for the sexual connection aren't aligned. <laughs> okay, well, that's kind of the trajectory we're going here. So perfect. Um, the potential challenge... Um, for example, Scorpio is looking for a serious relationship and Libra is more in the mood to keep things casual. Holy shit. Uh, very on point. Scorpio could subconsciously try to get Libra to change their mind by giving Libra the best sex they've ever had. Whoa, this is getting really deep really quickly. Uh, okay, this trick may or may not work. I don't know if any of you heard that ding in the background. That was a notification. Probably a confirmation because that's what the universe does. If you know, you know. Okay, but it says this trick may or may not work, but it will highlight weak points in their connection long term that's so on point ideally the glue that will keep libra and scorpio linked will be deeper than just sex it's when both libra and scorpio realize their fears of being fully seen and felt by each other Ooh, that their sexual and romantic partnership reaches the heights it's worthy of okay so so far uh, what i'm hearing um kind of aligns with i feel like the trajectory of where this is gonna go um when i'm thinking back how i felt anyway in this predicament but i mean i just want to highlight some positives before we get into like probably not a lot of positives i do feel like being with an air sign or having an experience with one anyway does bring a sign like myself who's very fixed and deep and private out of their shell in the sense that like we can learn to be a little bit more extroverted or not take life so seriously or always have to go deep with things but yeah that's pretty much all i can think of because i think at the core of me a balance of the two is ideal and i think even though that seems so like clear-cut and potentially obvious i think that's a positive takeaway because i don't know if i would have fully like wholeheartedly known that about myself without an experience um with someone who's just kind of one or the other if that makes sense because i feel like you know that particular situation that we're speaking on now was more like light and fluffy and humorous and you know at its times it had its deep moments i uh, presume but like never to the extent that like a scorpio or someone like how i personally feel would consider deep um so and i've also been on the other side where i've been with um people in the past who were just only deep and like too deep and i'm like okay well i gotta come up for air so i think both these experiences can complement one another um in that result 
And then the next thing I'm seeing here that I'll read quickly, it says at the same time, Scorpio challenges Libra to peel back the layers when it comes to engaging with others. One of Scorpio's pet peeves is superficiality and small talk, but Libra has no problem with those aspects of socializing and may not even be aware they are partaking. When Scorpio is too intense for their liking, Libra may try to lighten the mood by changing the subject. Yup. As soon as Scorpio senses that's what Libra is doing, they may encourage Libra to keep the excavation process going and Libra may grow to view Scorpio Scorpio's pensions for psychological exploration as fun yeah or they may just not want to go deeper um but that's a uh, that's that's a thing I need in my life is like depth like I want to go there again I resonate with not liking the small talk so so far though this is this is this is tracking but okay so let's move on to the next page which is page 612 and this is kind of my section okay so I literally, <laughs> I have my own page. That shocked me. Um, yeah, it's pretty shocking. And that's pretty major to have my own page. Okay, so what I can see off top is my name at the top. It says, um, contributor Chelsea Smith, born November 11th, 1995. So yes, for those who don't know, I am a 1111 baby. And it said that the Libra partner was born October 12th, uh, 1994. Okay. Now, there's a question. So I guess I answered questions. I don't remember this, but let's get into it. Okay. How and when did you two meet and what was your first impression of them? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Guys. I know you just wanted to get into it, but it's going to take me a second because this has been such a long time. Just even like me, like bringing this back up, like myself, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel. Okay. My first impression of him was that he was very confident and charming. I remember asking him if he was always that chill. I almost didn't trust that it was genuine and I instantly judged it as player-like mentality from my past experiences. Second question. What has challenged you the most about the relationship? The spontaneity was exciting at first, but short-lived. I wanted more structure down the road, and he didn't want to compromise. He wanted to keep his freedom. I was his last priority, and he was my absolute first. He found it frustrating that I wouldn't open up about much or talk about my past. I had difficulty trusting his sincerity with that knowledge and vulnerability from me that I haven't shared with many people. Third question. In what ways, if at all, have you grown from this relationship? I've learned opening up doesn't have to be scary. For me to feel safe being vulnerable, it helps when the opposing party isn't judgmental in their digestion of my past and my pain. Someone who tries to understand rather than logically break down your emotions. I also have grown to realize that when I fall for someone, I tend to forget the rest of the world exists, which can be unhealthy and unbalanced. I've grown to realize emotional detachment is an area I need to work on. Wow. Okay, last question. In what ways, if at all, do you hope the relationship will evolve? Wow, okay. We are not in communication at the moment, but I wouldn't mind for the first time in my life considering having a friendship. 
I just question whether I can trust myself enough to practice detachment. I'm envious sometimes of those who can. Wow, y'all. Okay. Um, I'm actually really glad. My, my, my first thought is like, wow, I'm glad that I'm doing this over the pod. I don't know. What, oh my God. And sorry, I'm, there's a lot happening. I'm going to try to um, verbalize it as everything's coming through. So on the timer, not the timer, but like the project. So every time I like record a podcast on um, all of our equipment, it makes a new project. So it'll say like project, you know, 96, project 97. As we make episodes right now on my screen, it says project one, two, three. And like, need I say more? If you guys have been following us for long enough, you know that that's like my angel number from T and he protects me so often in my life. So thank you, angels. So that's the first thing I see. The second thing I'm feeling internally is like, wow, I'm really happy that I'm doing this on the podcast because I don't know something about me is I tend to take a long time to process things. Like when I feel an emotion, I really like to like break it down, dissect it, understand it, and then like find a solution of how to grow from it. Um, But one thing that I'm really appreciative of like the podcast is that I feel like I've gotten quicker with just processing things. Um, Even Rima, like she'll try to pull things out of me faster and I notice that like I am capable of actually doing it I just avoid it um sometimes for the most part majority of the time so I've learned to just like process things a little faster and like reading this I'm like already so aware that I'm going to have to speak on it in a second so the way I'm processing is just so much different than if I were alone if that makes sense so that's the second thing I want to mention I'm just grateful for the environment I'm in while reading this um And then the third thing I'm thinking of is like, wow, I'm very much a different person from when I wrote this. And I don't like my, my, the first thing I want to say is that I don't um, necessarily agree with the last line I said, but I definitely am starting to recall me writing this. Now it's all coming back to me. Like Celine Dion. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm starting to like, remember what I said. Um, and I, I, I guess the fourth thing and like, I do want to just like when we started this podcast I was not an open book and I know that surprises y'all because I've I've you know given you guys so much of myself um but I want you guys to know like that is not like that was never typical for me and anyone I know I know I say this like a broken record but like Scorpios are so private and secretive it's just like a trait that we have and so I feel like and for Rima too she's a Scorpio rising I don't know if y'all knew that um so for the both of us it's just been really challenging to like know that what we say is just going to be out there forever um but the thing is we're all going to die one day whether you recognize that or not anything someone says to you that makes you feel a certain way like they will die one day and so will you know that thought they had of you that feeling um that they made you feel like everything eventually um dies right although you know in spirituality we obviously believe that like we go elsewhere and our souls go with us but it's just like you you get what i'm saying like while you're here what why i even mention that is just to hopefully give you like some grounds to like not take it so seriously and that's the biggest thing i've learned through like doing this podcast like you know f- like full transparency he could be listening to this right now and like that's okay by me i really um it's not about anyone else in this moment other than me and like me being on the podcast with you guys, um, sharing this experience with you. Um, it's to help people at the end of the day, 
nothing else and it's helping me and hopefully it's helping you and that's all I care about so anything else that's like going to make you know cause fear in me to maybe not say what I want to say about certain situations when I'm on the podcast I think I, I I've you know found myself often taking steps back okay remember why you're doing it though and I think even like Selena Gomez said this once in a podcast she was like you know if I know that I can possibly help somebody maybe in, in one of her songs she mentioned this maybe that's where I'm getting it from but she was like you know paraphrasing but she said something along the lines of like if I know that I'm going to help somebody by my words or sharing an experience and know that like one less person is going to feel alone then you know that makes me want to do it versus like you know maybe in the past you felt you wanted to seize up and not speak so that's just what I want to say um before I get into like my opinions and now kind of my thoughts on what I just read so I mean I'm, I'm really happy with the way that I articulated this. I think it definitely served its purpose as being cathartic for me. Because um, I'm noticing now, like, all these things that that I wrote in this book actually were, like, things that helped me, like, grow past that experience. Mm, I took a long break, um, essentially, after this experience um from like just dating and just honestly being out in the world like I really just like kind of went into my own shell and was like okay like what's going on here like I wanted to really process my feelings and get serious on like what I wanted you know in life and in the world and like who I was allowing kind of coming into my life like I've always been so aware of that like protect your energy like we say that all the time like um don't just let anyone in your aura like be selective on those things I always have been that person but every once in a while my Sag placements come through and I want a thrilling experience and um I maybe am not the best with protecting my energy um and I let people in that maybe you know I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't want to say didn't deserve but it's more so like I let them have parts of me that maybe they didn't deserve although I can confidently say that the people who have maybe, you know, known me or been in a connection with me have never fully gotten every part of me, which is actually part of the book that I wrote in here. Like I, you know, men in the past have told me like, you know, Charles, like you don't open up, like you need to open up, like I want you to open up. And one thing about me though, is like, if I don't feel safe, if I don't feel like I can trust you and I don't know what you're going to do with that information, it's, it, it, it's not happening. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I've even been through therapy about it. And like my therapist even mentioned to me once, she was like, well, you know, you've been able to express so much to me. You've been able to open up to me. So why do you think that is? We were able to establish it was a trust thing. And I think also part of it is intentional. I won't lie. Part of it is intentional. I'm like a hopeful romantic. I don't like to say hopeless, but I'm a hopeful romantic. So in the back of my head, I've always said to myself, like I'm saving certain parts of me for the one, like for my counterpart. There's just a person that I know that walks this earth who is going to be the only one who gets to experience this part of me, see this part of me, and get to know me at this level. I think that just has always been like a no-brainer for me to, to, to know that that's going to be sacred. I'm going to keep that. Otherwise, like, how do you, like, what's special at that point, you know? Like, I just, again, hopeful romantic. Like, I think you should save parts of yourself. That's just my own opinion, and that's just how I've lived my life, and that's, again, just like the... Scorpio in me I guess like the passion in me um but yeah I think what I want to do next is I want to go through those questions again and then now give my opinion on them 
So I said my first impression of him was that he was very confident and charming. Uh, I have to say that is something that I was able to. And again, this is no shade to anybody, no shade to like the person who this is like associated with. But like I've learned so much about myself in the like, you know, two years that I've taken to just chill and one of the things that I noticed that like I used to be attracted to because the, the thing is is that like if you ever find yourself in like a pattern um I, I personally felt like I was in a pattern or like a loop with the universe like I felt like I was changing things in like my dating and like my um approach to dating and I was like I truly was and each time I gave it a complete different approach I really was trying and I want to give my I want to honor that about myself but like looking back I'm like shit there was like little things though that I you know didn't recognize was a pattern that I was attracted to that maybe wasn't healthy um but I mean I remember you know and I even said it in the book I the, the next line is I said I remember asking him if he was always that chill like I remember being skeptical that time around whereas in the past Chelsea just thought this was the the, the, the norm you know and just to give some context, you know, obviously we know this. It's just like a human thing that so much of our current reality stems from our childhood. That's just kind of universal, I think, for anybody. Um, whether you had the most amazing childhood or not, I think it just molds us and shapes us into who we are because a lot of how we see ourselves is how, um, you know, our parents saw us or how the people who influenced us, um, how they saw us. We saw a lot of ourselves that way. Um, I think that just kind of naturally like you either choose to like take that with you in life or you choose other choices. Um, so for me, like my parents growing up, like, you know, to be blunt, like they didn't really, I didn't know love, like they weren't in love. Um, I think they were, you know, quite honestly, just in a marriage and, you know, they eventually divorced, but like my view of love was very much scattered and uh, I probably didn't have the healthiest like example of that um so growing up a lot of what I was doing was teaching myself what healthy love was and learning as I went from the poor experiences that I had um, but I think naturally a lot of the experiences that I did have was like me choosing people based upon the validation that I didn't get from my father um growing up and you know familiarity at the same time like I was definitely searching for familiarity in men that like my father maybe had and then you know this internal feeling of like okay like he's saying no about this but I know that like I can change him or like and it may have been a subconscious thing I don't want to go as far to say that I wanted to change people if anything there's been circumstances where I've left because people thought I was trying to change them and that's the last thing I actually wanted to do but I think it's more so just like validation and just being affirmed like just wanting to feel affirmed and like okay like this person loves me um because my father never did, you know? And I think if you have never fully felt loved by a parent, you're always going to want that till the day you die. I think, you know, for me anyway, it feels that way. Like I, 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 I don't know if that feeling's ever going to go away. You don't necessarily, it, it doesn't ever necessarily go away. You just kind of learn how to deal with it um, or how to live around it or like healthy coping mechanisms. And it, it's just more awareness than anything else and understanding. <laughs> with that being said, me admitting that like, you know, I was attracted to this confidence and charm. I don't want to say anything negative, but I just don't want to, I, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't necessarily think that that's what it was. I don't necessarily think it was confidence. I don't necessarily think, I mean, I definitely, de it definitely was a charm, but if anyone's 
you know been attracted that to that to that in the past I think you kind of later on down the road recognize what it really was um because listen a lion doesn't have to tell you it's a lion it just is okay so the next question what challenged you most about the relationship um (laughs) it's so funny that you know at the beginning of this I mentioned my sag placements and I had a whole spiel about spontaneity and here I go speaking on it in the second question I said the spontaneity was exciting at first but short-lived what I think I meant by that and again this is like I can only speak for myself here um but what I meant by that I think was that like I don't just date to date like I'm I've never been that way I've never just been like hey like let's just like have fun and like date to date like I'm you know typically slow so I'm okay if someone else wants to be slow but at the end of the, the day like you know, I don't just want to sleep with somebody. Um, and I made that very clear to this person that that's not just all I wanted to do. Um, and there was a conversation had about, you know, that being reciprocated and that like this was for something greater, um, potentially. So then that made me feel more, I guess, uh, comfortable in like continuing and, and moving forward with um, giving my time and energy to, to this person in the capacity that it was, you know, being given. Um, but what I didn't, what, what I mean by like the spontaneity was short-lived is that like at the beginning it was like I never knew when I was going to see him I never knew I never knew anything it was so spontaneous and I liked that at the beginning because that's not my life so it felt very thrilling right but what I, it's short-lived because who I actually am on the inside and what I desire from a person when it comes to like respect is like you know cons- consideration of like time and again like I'm recording this in real time so by the time you guys have you know hit play on this podcast hi um it's past january but currently in my life and i've likely spoke on it already um i am seeing somebody and just as an example like i I, i'm not trying to compare but just to like i mean i guess i am trying to compare i don't know the point is that to me like a healthy approach is just letting somebody um open up when they're ready and the person i'm with now lets me do that and it's never been a question it's never been like Um, I've never felt pushed or pressured. You know, there was actually a moment where I'll never forget. He said to me, um, because a story was brought up and he was like, listen, like, I just figured you'd bring that story up to me when you were ready, like no pressure. And it's just like things like that, that have made me aware that that seems more authentic to me, you know, like, because energy should speak for itself. If there's an energy in the room of like authenticity, um, then there is no games. There is no like, trying to control the the situation and trying to like force things listen my favorite quote of all time y'all know this force breaks things power moves things and i will leave that with you okay so moving on um sorry actually not moving on because i didn't really explain wholeheartedly what what i meant when i said the speed at at first like i just don't the the speed at first didn't feel authentic to me it was like i was hearing everything i wanted to hear but like very early on and i didn't that's why i didn't trust it because i just feel like if you're truly just trying to get to know somebody and your intentions are pure there's just a level of respect that would be there to like take your time whether that be intimacy whether that be physical touch whether that be anything um yeah so that's why it was short-lived because I feel like if you voice to somebody concerns that you're having because you're trying to be respectful of like communicating your feelings and not because look I know that people aren't mind readers and I would like to think 
that I did my best with the information I had at the, the time to communicate how I was feeling. But if there's no compromise being like delivered, then you're just, again, you're not being considered. Like I think relationships take compromise. And if you're not willing to compromise on certain things, by all means, like either party can then decide if that's, you know, what they want or not. But my point is, and I'm sorry, this is getting really deep, but like I said, I was going to um, approach this as I felt called to once I read it. And now it's kind of becoming like a little therapy session. But I think when you're getting to know somebody, there's going to be some level of confusion maybe that's taking place because you are learning about the person. But that's where communication comes in. And so if you add that dynamic and both parties are communicating the confusion to receive clarity and they're gaining that clarity that allows space to move forward but i was never getting that clarity um so this is i guess where this next part comes in where i said i wanted more structure down the road and he didn't want to compromise and from what i remember like looking back i remember feeling like okay like he just wants to keep his freedom but that's not really fair to me and that's how i felt and so i had to honor how i felt and look if you're like currently in a situation where you feel like you want more from a person i just think you should trust that honestly like there are seven billion souls on this earth people are like fighting to come to earth and like wanting to be here and i just truly believe that the best thing that you can do to like meet your twin flame and to get through the levels of like what the universe is testing you with is to not settle like there are some of my friends who um i've had the pleasure of like speaking to that i haven't spoken to in a while I'm just with like Christmas and New Year's like I'm catching up with people and I remember I was having a conversation with a friend on Instagram and you know she was mentioning how she's still single and I'm like that is good like I'm happy for you because like let's look on the bright side and the positivity of what that means that means that you haven't settled you are honoring yourself and honoring what you want and I think that's beautiful and anyone who's sitting right now in that same boat like I honor you and you know I have done it for many many years um, just kind of going in and out of like situationship out of situationship and just feeling like, you know, and there was even in my past opportunities for, for structure and for like a title of a relationship. And I still would decline those offers if I didn't feel in my heart, like that was the right move because, and it's tough because in our generation, I think, you know, relationships and the titles and the understanding of it all gets so skewed. I mean, everyone's on their own journey. Don't get me wrong. But to me, um, from my perspective, I've always just viewed a relationship as something just as major as like a, as an engagement. Like you're sitting down and you're committing to set somebody for 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 on the timer. I've been seeing for 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 all the time. So I had to mention it. Maybe that's for someone else, too. Um, but I've always viewed it as something so serious to me and I take it so seriously. And I think, you know, if you are going to give your 100% to a relationship, I think you should be taking it seriously. That's my own opinion. So um, to not set, settle, I think is again, just a beautiful thing in conclusion. So what else did I say here? Um, oh yeah, I said, I felt like I was his last priority. He was my absolute first. Looking back, the only reason why I think I what would lead me to say that is that again, like the consideration of like time, like if, you know, um, he wanted to see me. I remember being like, okay, like very passive in that way. Cause you just, I never know when else. Cause you, you, you don't take the time to plan things with me. Right. Which 
probably was a red flag in hindsight, but it's fine. Sometimes we just like to collect flags, you know what I mean? Because it's thrilling. <laughs> but that's what, what I mean. But like, there, there was only so much I could take before my spidey senses clicked in and before like my um, my standards kicked in and being like, Chelsea, you value yourself way more than to just accept like this when you know that you want and deserve this. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think the biggest topic, like I mentioned, and I said it at the bottom here, I said I had difficulty trusting his sincerity. Um, cause that's the, the thing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to reread this paragraph. It said, uh, I said, <laughs> it's weird to, to say I said, but okay. I said, I was his last priority and he was my absolute first. He found it frustrating that I wouldn't open up about much or talk about my past. I had difficulty trusting his sincerity with that information though and vulnerability from me that I hadn't shared with many people. I think I pretty much articulated that earlier. So I think that makes sense of me breaking that down hopefully of like, hey, I was just trusting my gut. I was trusting my intuition. Clearly my body was speaking to me saying like, hey, something's off here. Otherwise, I would have had no problem doing that. It would have been organic and it would have been natural. And I, again, can say now, like, you know, God bless, but I have felt that experience um, recently where I have been able to open up. And it's just such a, like, breath of fresh air. And it's so refreshing to know, like, okay, like, I can affirm myself that this whole time I was correct and that it's not about whether or not I can open up. It's about to whom and to what frequency and it's really just a matter of safety. And I think if you're in that same boat, honor that. Like we know that our body speaks to us. We know that our body has a language. It's just up to us to really understand that language and learn that language. And I think in those moments, like I was honoring that about myself. Okay, next question. In what ways, if at all, have you grown from this relationship? It said, I've learned opening up doesn't have to be scary. Yeah, I think I, I think I would still ship that. I think I did learn like to some extent because I did open up about some things that I eventually felt comfortable with, even though there was like maybe a moment where I was like kind of, what's the word, disrespecting myself. Like I, although there were moments where I listened to my body, like I'll be honest with you, soul fam, there was moments where I didn't and I did um, kind of get persuaded and leaned into the pressure of it all um and that's okay I learned from that and that's what brought me I think to saying that part that I did learn up that open up didn't have to be scary I think what helped me and this is actually something I want to give y'all as a tool to like take forward is I remember there was a moment where I was like, okay like I'm getting pressured here or I feel pressured anyway because I didn't have to lean into it there wasn't a gun in my head but I did anyway so that's on me but I do remember being like okay what's the intention here because i'm all about intentions i think there's intention behind everything you do and if someone doesn't understand their intentions with you that's because they don't respect you otherwise they would have that would have been a thought a consideration and they should be able to answer that quickly i can answer any of those questions so quickly in life because i think about people and i consider people and as an empath i'm always considering how i'm making someone feel um what room i'm entering in like with my energy stuff like that so if I were to like walk into a room randomly and someone goes, hey, like what's your intention with being here right now in this moment? I could give you an answer. And that's what I mean. Um, so my point is that I went into that being like, what's my intention here? And I'll never forget. I said to myself, okay, Chels, just for 
your protection you're going to go in here and the intention is that you're doing this for you you're not doing this for him you're not doing this for anyone else when you because i was about to open up about something that was really traumatic to me and like deep to me um that i never told anybody before i said i'm gonna do this for myself and so that if anything happened after the fact i could at least say that like i gained something from it and it was a growth experience for me and i just i really challenge anybody who's having difficulty opening up in general like whether or not this is a circumstance you find yourself in of being pressured into it and maybe it's just like hey like i just have trouble in general with it use it as a challenge to yourself right because i i love personal growth and development this is what the whole podcast is about so for me if i can link anything back to that that typically helps me feel a little bit better about it um, and get through it with more ease so hopefully that helps but i remember doing that and then that's why i think i ended up saying that it doesn't have to be scary because i learned that um but then i said <laughs> for me to feel safe being vulnerable it helps when the opposing party isn't judgmental in their digestion of my past and my pain i think that's pretty self-explanatory someone who tries to understand rather than logically break down your emotions yeah i think that's a big red flag again my own opinion but i truly think that when you are bringing up a traumatic experience or anything it doesn't even have to feel traumatic to the other party if it is obvious and evident that you were affected by this in any way that's tough for you how the opposing party digests that information tells you a lot about the person if they are instantly trying to make a joke out of it um that you don't find funny that's you know very evident that it's like intended to hurt you or cause harm um red flag if they're instantly trying to help you and i'm using quotations with my fingers right now but help you through it like it's already happened you don't need help you're just trying to like because the intention behind I, I would argue anyone really delivering um traumatic news to somebody is to help the opposing party understand them better so that it doesn't happen again like you know for, for me anyway i'm like this was a story that like you know hurt me so i'm like hey like my intention behind delivering this news to you is so that you can be more cognizant of approaching me in the future and I would argue that that is the majority of why we do this. We communicate our past and our trauma. So with that in mind, if their response isn't empathetic, um, if they're not actually even digesting it, if they're just listening to respond versus listening to hear you, um, then that's just a red flag. Because I think you need to look deeper into, and that's what I did. I looked deeper into like, okay, well, why was the response the response? Um, why do I feel judged? Why do I not feel heard? Why, 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 why? And then you'll get your answer. Um, and then again, it teaches you what to look for in the future. It's almost like you can treat it like a map. Like, okay, in this past experience, this roadmap led me to these emotions. I felt unheard. I felt unseen. I didn't feel um, appreciated. I didn't feel safe in that moment. And then, okay, like use that roadmap example again when you're in a different situation with someone else, with a different party. Um, let's say you do the same thing of expressing yourself. Where does that roadmap lead, lead you? Does it lead you to now feeling safe? And then the why behind that. Well, why did, did you feel safe here and maybe not safe here? And I think those roadmaps can help lead you to understanding a lot of what's happening um, energetically behind the scenes internally with people. And that's how I feel like I've, I've been better over the years at reading people's energy is because 
you're able to kind of read into more of their intentions just based on experience, right? Um, okay, let's move on. What else did I say here? <laughs> what else did I write? Little author, don't, like, just kidding. Please don't take that seriously. That was a complete joke. I do not deserve that title. Um, but anyway, what else did I say? I said, I also have grown to realize that when I fall for someone, I tend to forget the rest of the world exists, which can be unhealthy and unbalanced. I've grown to realize emotional detachment is an area I need to work on. Okay, I love this topic and I think this is so interesting because I actually have a different viewpoint on the subject um, now that I actually do feel like I am in something that's more healthy. Not more healthy, just is healthy. So I feel like when I am in a toxic pattern with somebody, when I don't feel valued, it triggers my trauma from my childhood where my father didn't, you know, appreciate me or value me or, you know, tell me he was proud of me. Like he didn't affirm me at all. So I almost like subconsciously was looking for that and searching for that constantly so i think when i am involved with somebody who is triggering that um, pattern in me from my childhood my inner child comes out and so it's not really my current self acting in that moment it's my inner child and so i tend to get carried away and swift away in this whirlwind in my head of being like just available to them 24 7 because i am constantly my 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 soul and my body in that moment is operating an inner child so it's constantly on it's constantly alert and it's constantly seeking that validation so at any moment when i can have it i will accept it and so i don't think that that's universal i don't think because i am a different example now in my life where like i don't feel like i'm falling into this pattern of like um unhealthy attachment i feel like i'm actually just naturally without even trying i feel like there's a healthy emotional um, detachment and when i mean so if you're not familiar with those terms attachment means like for me anyway when i say it i'm referring to like the constant need to be around them the, the constant need to want them to validate you to call you to text you you may i i definitely wasn't the person who was like you know um making it known that i wanted those things but internally i was feeling like that um i remember so the second that you would get a text or a phone call or an opportunity to be with that person you would freaking take it at all costs whether that meant like um you know not doing the work you had to do that day or not going to the gym or not doing the plans you actually had so you're kind of disrespecting yourself in a sense that's what i noted um in that moment and that's what i was referring to but once again like when you're with somebody who makes you feel safe like I am with somebody like that now. I don't have these triggering, traumatic um, inner child wounds surfacing. And when they don't surface, they don't cause me to want to, interestingly enough, go through these loops. Um, and I think the byproduct of that, what manifests naturally is just this healthy detachment. Like, And detachment, when I say that, what I mean is that I can like go to bed with just ease and know that when I wake up, like I'm not going to overthink anything. Like I don't, I mean, it's definitely take me time to get to this place anyway. And I'm finally here now, but it has taken me time to get to a place, um, just in general, but because he is who he is, it's helped me get there that much easier where like, I just, there's a trust now built. So I don't have to worry about constantly trying to see him all the time or, you know, I know, I basically know, and I trust that I will see him eventually. And that when I do, nothing will have changed. I don't have to like be in a constant state of worry or panic. And that is what I believe detachment is. It's like you can still have your own life um, 
apart from being with this, this person and still having a life with them, if that makes sense. I'm sure someone else in the world will be able to break that down better than I can, um, who's actually equipped with like, you know, there's books on it too, like like the new science of adult attachment. It's, it's I think it's actually called Attached. Um, Google it. I think it's called Attached. And I remember like the cover of the book being like two magnets that kind of made a heart. It was a red book. Um, anyway, that's my two cents on attachment styles. Um, yeah, so like, is it an area I need to work on? I don't know if I necessarily agree with me saying that statement. Like I said earlier, I think it's just more so like I needed to work on who I was choosing to allow into my life and being able to notice green flags and red flags. Like honestly, to be completely transparent here, I think I just need to stop being attracted to red flags. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Raise your hand if you resonate. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say to that. Um, cause once green flags become attractive, let me tell you, changes your life, babes. Try it. Truly, truly highly recommend. I highly recommend. Okay. Let's move on. What's the last thing I said? Um, yeah, this is probably the blurb that I want to talk about the most. It said, the question was, in what ways, if at all, do you hope the relationship will evolve? <laughs> Again, the time and space I was in, this was fresh. So I don't know if I necessarily had really 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 recognized what had just happened and what that all was because I was the one that basically ended it I was like hey like I'm done with this can't do this anymore like I'm disrespecting myself way too much and I started to become aware of what I was doing and like how it was disrespecting myself and like my higher self just knew girl my higher self came through uh universe stepped in angel guys and they were all like uh, 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 we're done here um and your girl listen that's pretty much it so um, in this moment, um, I don't know if I was necessarily aware of like how toxic it really was. Okay. So it says we are not in communication. Oh, again, it's not, it says Chelsea, you fucking wrote this. <laughs> Sorry. Clearly that's fucking new for me to, um, digest myself. Okay. 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 I said, uh, we are not in communication at the moment, but I wouldn't mind for the first time in my life considering our friendship. Okay, let me <laughs> let me break this down. I think of why I said that. I think, and actually, I'm just gonna read the whole thing because it correlates, I believe, with the last thing I said. So, um, next, I said I just question whether I can trust myself enough to practice detachment. I'm envious sometimes of those who can. Okay, so this all links. So basically, what I felt in that moment is I had a friend at the time who was very close with her ex, um, and I started to come across people who that was like a normal thing it's never been a normal thing for me like when I'm done I'm done and I think that just works for me but in that moment I was considering maybe if that was a problem for me if that makes sense I was starting to consider well maybe sh like should I be able to be friends with people is that a problem that I can't um I don't think that way anymore like I've threw a lot of time and thought to this I believe that that's what works for me and I just truly believe that like in order to fully move on from somebody they need to be out of your life they need to be like, just, you, like, I don't, I, and I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to trigger anybody, but this is again, just a personal opinion. Like I just truly for myself can't understand it. Um, and I think that's why I wrote this in the book being like, Hey, like I'm envious of people or, you know, 
I was considering it at the time. Like maybe I could just be that person. And I've, and I've, I've gone through that. And maybe you have too. You've gone through like these, um, I don't want to call it a crisis, but kind of like an identity crisis in a sense of like, okay, like I am this person, but maybe I can be this person. Like I... I've done that and I think that's a, maybe also a Scorpio thing of like constantly feeling like you don't understand yourself and so you're trying to kind of be like someone else. That was definitely a low moment of that, I believe. I believe that's what I was doing. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, I made the best decision, I think, of not being friends with this person and just trusting my gut and like honoring myself and going about my own life. Um, again, this is getting way deeper than I anticipated, but fast forward a couple years and he actually reached back out to me this individual trying to come back into my life um and I said no I said that does not resonate with me anymore um because it it doesn't and I just believe that like this is the last thing I'll say because I believe truly that this is how the universe works I believe that the game of life is that it's a game if you want to simplify it and I believe the universe um is very similar in how it plays a game with you. You're basically like in a video game and there's levels and you're trying to get to the end of life and trying to like pass the, the levels because you want to pass as many while you're here because each time you pass a level, there's like a reward. So for me, I believe that when you are approached with a lesson and it's very evident to you that you're being approached with a lesson from the universe, um, you can either choose to you know, learn the lesson and pass that level, or you can choose to ignore what the universe is trying to teach you here. You can choose to not evolve, to not grow, to not see the, the signs, to not put in the work. Um, but the, be the same experience being brought back to you, but maybe in different ways. So maybe it's the same lesson, but a different person, or maybe it's the, um, same lesson, but a different job. You know what I mean? So for me, I've taken that very seriously. Like once I have concluded something in my mind um, about a situation and I'm very aware of it, I want to like pass the, the level in a sense. I want to honor myself and be able to like honor what the universe is trying to do for me and try to see the lesson and, 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 and keep going and take what I learn and pass it. And I can confidently say that I have at least, you know, through everything I've been through, not gone back to um, a past partner or an ex or whatever you want to call it anyone who I was affiliated with who I felt like was a karmic partner because that's kind of how these scenarios work um, in a spiritual sense you have karmic partners you have soulmates uh, twin flames and then I believe divine counterparts some believe that your twin flame can also be your counterpart um, I do believe that as well um, so the terms are just really helpful in terms of understanding the lessons in life. Like some people come to you as a karmic partner and those are the people who are kind of meant to stay for, you know, a season, um, and a reason and not a, a, a long time, not a significant amount of time. They're here to teach you something so that you can become the person who's meant to receive the one who's meant to be with the one. Cause the way that the law of attraction works and the way that the universe works is that they don't give you what you ask for. The universe gives you what you are. So if you are constantly asking the universe for something, um, they're going to change you to become the person who's meant to receive what you ask for. So if you ask the universe for something and then all these bad things start happening to you and you start to wonder, well, you know, 
I'm not receiving what, what I wanted. Like this sucks. Like this isn't what I asked for. It's actually exactly what you asked for. And that's why I would like to conclude this with gratitude because I'm so grateful um, for everything I went through. I'm grateful one for being published in a freaking book. I think that's wild. Um, and I just want to focus on that and not the fact that it had to be because of somebody else. But I just think that that's wild and that's amazing. And I'm so, I think that's so cool. And I'm so excited to read further into the book. And y'all, you have to go get this book if you um, haven't already. Signs and Skymates and follow Dosevia on Instagram if you haven't. She is founder of Know the Zodiac. So she has so many other um, accounts for every Zodiac sign. And she posts like daily horoscopes. Like this girl has been in the trenches working and being in mission for so long. And so I think it's important that we also um, support these um star seeds who are just like in 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 mission when they're offering you know so much free content for the world um i think that's so important and yeah basically i asked the universe for something and the universe was giving me exactly what i asked for they were tuning me up into the person who i was meant to be to be able to appreciate learn and receive and i think even see the person i meant to be with I think at this point in my life, I don't know if had I not gone through everything I went through to wake me up from all of my karma, that I would be able to fully see, you know, my divine counterpart in front of me, like see them, notice them, appreciate them and be able to recognize them um, for all of their glory. And I think that's what pain does to you. It teaches you how to appreciate its opposite, its polarity, which is joy, love, serenity all the above all that good stuff and i just want to thank you for being here if you're listening right now you've made it this far so you are a freaking rock star kudos to you i love you i love everyone who's watching this i have no hate for anybody out there it's all love we're all growing um we're all evolving and we're all learning about ourselves so if anything i hope you take away something from this episode that um maybe you didn't recognize before that can be a tool for you to help um on your ascension here and level up baby let's beat this game let's beat this level let's do the damn work even though it's tough sometimes because the rewards are on the other corner i promise they are waiting for you and they're sweeter than you could ever imagine sending all my love till the next episode i will see you soon Go.